0: Funeral was held at 3.50 for about 20 minutes. That's pretty good. And the only thing I ask is next time when you give me something like this, make the font a little bigger <laughs> so I can read it. All right. Well, let's pray. Father, we thank you that we can come into your house and have fun and worship you and bless you and enjoy your presence. And, and we thank you for your word that as it goes forth, it, it helps people. And we're grateful for it. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right, let's uh, open today to Isaiah the 33rd chapter and the 5th verse. Isaiah the 33rd chapter and the 5th verse in the Amplified Bible. It will be on the screen for you there. Actually, Sister Bonnie sent this scripture to us some weeks ago, and it just seemed good to share on this morning. Uh, She'd emailed it to Diane and I, and it just... just just right. So look at Isaiah 33 verse 5. We'll look at this in the Amplified Bible. It says, The Lord is exalted for He dwells on high. He will fill Zion. Now remember Zion is a type of the church. So He'll fill the church we could say with justice and righteousness, moral and spiritual restitute in every area and relation. That's good. But notice verse 6. And there shall be stability in your times. There shall be stability in your times. An abundance of salvation, wisdom, knowledge, reverent fear and worship of the Lord. uh, Of the Lord is your... I'll get it. The reverent fear and worship of the Lord is your treasure and His. I've memorized the King James and when I... In a different version, it just doesn't come out of my spirit as easy. But here's the point. Verse 6, and there shall be stability in whose times? In our times. And so I'm titling this today stability. Stability because, you see, we're living in turbulent times. You, you know we are. These are some of the most turbul- turbulent times that I can ever remember in the last 47 years that I've been around. Turbulent times. Economic uh, turbulence. Turbulence. Uh, You know, we just went through and still riding out what's known as the Great Recession, Uh, the worst economic times since the Great Depression, Uh, just just very turbulent economically, uh, just seems like in all areas, turbulence. So we're living in turbulent times, and I I think all of us would like stability. I I don't know about you, but but I, I would like stability, and that word stability means steadiness, solidness, firmness, and security. How many of you like to feel steady? and You like to feel solid and firm. You like to feel security. And uh, there's just not a whole lot of that to to have been felt in these times lately. But I just want to encourage you today that the Bible says that there will be stability in your times. So let's believe God for that. Let's believe God that there will be stability in our times. Now, the Bible tells us that we can have stability in our times, but I guess the question would be, how do we get it? How do we get it? Well, let's read Isaiah 33, verse 6. Let's read that in the New King James Version. That was the Amplified, but if we read it in the New King James Version, it'll give us a little more insight as to how to get stability in our times. It says, Wisdom and knowledge will be the stability of your times. So how do we get stability through what through what through wisdom and knowledge through wisdom and knowledge the Bible says my people perish for a lack of what knowledge and so through wisdom and knowledge we will have stability And, uh, and and I believe with the wisdom and knowledge that God himself is stable we will have the greatest sense of stability. We need to realize and have the knowledge and wisdom that God himself is stable. You know, when, when the person running things is solid and stable, it can give you a sense of security. And, and, and you, did you get what I just said there? Did you, did you get what I just said? I mean, if you know the president of a company is flaky, then, then you know, you're not going to, as an employee, you're not going to have a lot of, lot of security, are you? But but if you know the president is solid and sound, then that will bring stability into your, into your own life. And we need to understand and realize that God himself is stable. Amen. And since he's stable, we can uh, be you know, feel stable and secure ourselves. Amen. No matter what the security threat level is, we can feel secure knowing that God himself is stable. No matter what's the highest color on the security. Is it red? Does anybody even follow those colors? Does anybody even know what I'm talking about? You know, what's the the highest one? Red. Well, it doesn't matter if it's red or yellow or whatever it is. Whatever the security threat level is, we can be stable and feel secure because, say this, say, "God God is stable. And I'd like to share some scriptures with you this morning Showing that God is stable. I want to show you that God does not change. I want to show you that God is a rock. He's a foundation. He's faithful. And He's always there. So let's just go through a couple of these and, and look at this. First of all, say, God does not change. God does not change. Look at Malachi 3.6. Let's go there. These are in the New King James Version. Malachi 3 and 6. Notice what the Lord says. says he says, I am the Lord... I do not what? So just knowing that he doesn't change, that tells me right there that he's stable. You know, I don't know about you, but I just, one thing that just absolutely aggravates me, and I just, to the point, I just don't like dealing with people that are flaky. I don't like dealing with people that you, ne- you just never know. You know, one day, they're, one day they're saying this, the next day they're saying that. One day they're this, one day they're that. One day they're for you, one day they're against you. One day they're talking good about you, one day they're talking bad about you. I have no use for that. Amen. But you know what? God is not that way. God is not that way. You know something? I feel impressed to say this. Just because you've seen Christians act like fools doesn't mean God is one. Can you say amen? Amen. Say this. Say, God does not change. You see, He's always the same. He's the same on Monday as He is on Friday. He's the same on Saturday as He is on Sunday. He's the same on Tuesday as He is on Thursday. He does not change. And just knowing that lets me know that He is stable and knowing that He is stable makes me feel stable and secure. How about you? Notice right here in Psalms 102. Go to Psalms 102, verse 25. Psalms 102, verse 25 verse 25. Notice what the Bible says. Psalms 102, verse 25. Notice what the Bible says. Of old you laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you will endure. Yes, they will grow old like a garment, like a cloak. You will change them, and they will be changed, but you are the same. Real loud say, God stays the same. God stays the same. Yeah, he stays the same. What am I trying to show you? That He doesn't change. He stays the same and His years will have no end. That, that comforts me. It really does. God is the same today as He was before the economic collapse. Is that right? Do you think that caught Him by surprise? No. No. He doesn't change. He's the same. He says that the... Notice what he says here in verse 26. He says about creation. It says, They will grow old like a garment, like you will change them. They will be changed, but you are the same. I mean, even, even this whole earth is going to be renovated one day by fire and it will be changed, but God remains the same. Notice James 1.17. James 1.17. Notice James 1 James says this every good gift and every perfect gift is from above James 1:17 every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the father of lights now watch this with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning There's no variation with God or shadow of turning. Uh, There's no variableness with Him. I I taught uh, mathematics for many years in in, uh, the public school and the junior college. And in my classes, one thing that I would talk about in my algebra classes is I would talk about variables and constants. Variables and constants. Now, a variable is something that can change. So if you have X... X could be one value in one problem, and then in the next problem, it could be something else. It varies, it changes. The letters of the alphabet we use we call those variables and they would they would change from one problem to another. But when you have a constant like the number one, it's always one. It's never two, it's never five, it's always one. The number 7 is always 7. It's never negative 6. It's never 12. It's always 7. See, it's constant. What you need to realize is God is constant. He's not a variable. Real loud say, God is constant. constant. He's constant. See, He stays the same. He's going to... No matter what... See, the variables will change from one problem to another. But you see, whatever problem you encounter in life... You run to God, He's always going to be constant, He's always going to be uh, the same. He's always going to have the answer to your problem, and it will always be the same. When God gives you an assignment to do, and you don't want to do it, you go back to Him and ask for another assignment, guess what? He's still the same. The gifts and the calling of God are without repentance. Jonah, he said, arise, go to Nineveh. God told him to go to Nineveh and preach Preach uh, the word that I give you to Nineveh. And Jonah didn't like it. Is that right? And and, and he, he went the other way and he wound up in the belly of the fish. Is that right? And he repented and the fish threw him back out on the ground. And the word of the Lord came to him a second time. And guess what? It was the exact same word God gave him the first time. God is constant. God is not always changing his mind. Can you say amen? He's constant. He stays the same. I like serving a God like that. You can always count on what He's going to do. You can know what He's going to do. You can see in the Word of God that God responds to faith. He'll always respond to faith. You'll never see Him one time not respond to faith. If we get in faith, God will respond. Can you say amen? You'll never find one time where He won't respond to faith. Why? Because He's constant. There's no variableness with Him. There's no shadow of turning with Him. Notice uh, Hebrews 13 and 8. Let's go there. Hebrews 13 and 8. Hebrews 13 and 8. One of my favorite scriptures in all of the Bible. Hebrews 13 and 8 says that Jesus Christ... Well, He's God, isn't He? Jesus Christ is the what? He's the same when. Yesterday, today, and forever. So He never changes, does He? He's always the same. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He never changes. What was, was Jesus healing people yesterday? Yeah. What, what Was He healing people uh, the day before that? Yeah. Was He healing people 2,000 years ago? Yeah. So guess what? He'll still be healing people today. And and, and if you're sick, you ought to get real excited about that because he's still in the healing business. How do we know that? Because he was in the healing business yesterday. All of this baloney of that, all the healing powers passed away and, and died out with the last apostle, you can't find that in the Bible. It's not in the Bible. Jesus is still healing people today. Why? Because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. We see him healing people yesterday. Guess what? He's healing people today. And guess what he'll be doing tomorrow? He'll be healing people. People. And even better than that, he was saving people yesterday, wasn't he? So as saving people today. He'll be saving people forever. Is that right? He's the same yesterday, today and forever. Was he prospering people yesterday? Yeah, so he'll be prospering them today. Is that right? He's the same when? Yesterday, today, and forever. Glory to God. You see, that brings security to me, knowing that I serve a God that's always the same. He does not change. Somebody said, Yeah, but Pastor, wait a minute. He told Hezekiah that he was, he told Isaiah to go tell Hezekiah that he was going to die. And then God. Changed his mind and gave him fifteen more years. Didn't God change? God didn't change. He the, God didn't change. Hezekiah changed. Did you how many how has read your Bible? Did God send Isaiah the prophet over to Hezekiah and say, Set your house in order because you're going to die and not live? Is that right? And Isaiah went and gave him the word and then he went, he left, and, and then what happened? Then he he told Hezekiah, he told Isaiah to go back and tell Hezekiah he's got fifteen more years. Is that right? So if you look at that real quick, it looks like God changed. No, God didn't change. Hezekiah did something. He turned his face to the wall and repented. Is that right? And then God reacted based on the change that Hezekiah made. But God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Say this, say, God does not change. And dear friends, I don't know if you realize it or not, but that's supposed to bring some security to you so you can have stability in your time. You're going to have to meditate on that. Now then, let's look at the next thing. God is a rock. Psalms 18, verse 2. God is a rock. What is a rock? A rock is stable. A rock is solid. A rock is firm. Notice, God is a rock. Psalms 18, verse 2. Now, this was a psalm that David spoke to the Lord uh, on the day that, that the Lord delivered him from the hand of his enemies. Notice this, Psalms 18, verse 2. The Lord is my what? My rock and my fortress, and my deliverer, my God, my strength, in whom I will trust. He's my what? My shield and the horn of my salvation. He's my what? He's my stronghold. So the Lord's our rock. We need to build our life on Him. Jesus talked about the man that built his life upon he built his house actually upon the sand and then another one built his life upon or his house upon the rock. Is that right? And it all had to do with the word, didn't it? And he said, those that, that hear these sayings of mine and don't do them is like the man that built his house on the sand and the winds blew and all, the, all of that and, and the fall was great. Is that right? But he said, people that hear the word of God and do it and they build their house upon, upon that rock, the winds are going to blow, the winds are going to come but that house is going to stand. Why? Because it was built on the Word. It was built on the rock. You see. You getting what I'm saying? How many remembers Jesus saying that? So dear friends, what we need to do is we need to build our lives upon the Lord. Upon the rock We need to hear his word And we need to do it And in so doing We're building our lives Upon the rock Upon the Lord Upon the rock And he's our fortress He's our deliverer He's our strength He's our shield He's our stronghold And you need to realize That if you look at those two houses That Jesus talked about The one built on the sand The one built on the rock You need to realize this That the winds came to both houses Didn't they? You need to realize this The storms of life Are going to come to us all The crises of life are going to come to us all. Do you understand that? There's nobody that's exempted from the crises of life. The crises of life are going to come to us all. But those of us who have built our lives upon the Word of God, upon uh, upon the Lord Himself, upon the rock of His Word, when those storms come we're going to be stable, we're going to be secure, and the storms will blow, the winds will rage, the devil will howl, and and Christians will even join in with with the devil many times and say you're going to fall, you're not going to make it, you're not going to make it to the other side, you're not going to complete your assignment that God gave you, but you know what, you've built your life upon the word of God, and I'm telling you, you'll stand firm, you'll be stable, you'll be secure, you'll go to the other side, and while you're going to the other side, those naysayers are going to be drowned in the sea just like Pharaoh. Did you hear me? Did you hear me? Build your life upon the rock. Build your life upon the Word of God. Build your life upon the Lord because He's our rock. He's our fortress. He's our deliverer. He's our strength. He's our shield. He's our stronghold, you see. Build your life on Him. Verse 3 says, I'll call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. Glory to God. Look at Proverbs 18.10. Notice Proverbs 18.10. This is one of my favorite scriptures. We're talking about the Lord being a stronghold. The name of the Lord is a what? A strong tower. The name of the Lord, the name of Jesus... There's a strong tower. The righteous run to it and are what? And are safe. Let's be sure we stay founded upon the name of Jesus. Let's stay founded upon the word of God. Let's never leave the word of God. I tell you what, I've built this ministry on the word of God. I've built this ministry. The foundation of this ministry is on the Word of God. I didn't build it on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We've had the gifts of the Holy Spirit flow through this place in a great way over the last many years. And many people have been healed and many people have been helped. But I didn't build this ministry on the gifts of the Spirit. I built this ministry on the Word of God. That's the reason this ministry has stood strong and and is stable today because it was built upon the Word of God. I've had the devil send people through here to try to destroy this place. You know why it's not been destroyed? Because I built it on the Word of God. Can you say amen? I've had the devil actually try to set this place spiritually on fire and burn it down. And all that's ever happened is his own clothes got caught on fire. Why? Because we built it on the Word of God. Can you imagine people come through here that the devil was it to try to destroy? But, but it can't be destroyed. Why? Because it was built on the Word of God. It, I didn't build this ministry on hilarity. I didn't build this ministry on laughing. I didn't build this ministry on crying. I didn't build this ministry on running around the room acting like a fool. I didn't build this ministry on rolling on the floor. I built this ministry on the Word of God. And that's why it stands firm today. That's why there's not a penny of debt on the place. Can you say amen? Amen. That's why we're ahead and not behind. We're above and not beneath. Can you say amen? Amen. We're blessed going out and coming in. Glory to God. Why? Because it's built on the Word of God. I'm preaching the same thing I preached 16 years ago when we started. Stability, constancy, you see. Be just like God. And the thing will stand. You need to build your life that way. Build your life on the rock. Build your life. Don't build your life on some fad. I've had so many people try to get me to, well, just teach out of this book. Teach out of that book. Teach out of so-and-so's bless me now book. Teach out of so-and-so's 28 blessings. No, I don't. You know whose book I use? I use God's book, the B-I-B-L-E. And that's why the ministry will stand. And you ought to do the same. Build your life on the Bible. Say the Bible. Build your life on the Bible. Because you know what? So-and-so could make a mistake in their book, but God didn't make a mistake in His book. Now, don't misunderstand me. I'm not against reading after good ministers and all that. I'm just saying don't build your life on what anybody else says. Build your life on what God says. Can you say amen? amen? Praise God forevermore. So God is a rock, and He's a strong tower and run with Him, stick with Him. And I tell you what, when everybody else is falling down and going down and going under, bless God, you'll stand strong and go over. Can you say amen? Amen. Now notice God is a foundation. Isaiah 28, 16. Isaiah 28, 16. God is a foundation. God is a foundation. Do you know what a foundation is? A foundation is the thing by which a building will either stand or fall. I've learned this much in building a building that a foundation makes all the difference in the world. Now, if you don't know that much about building, you see, you'll, you'll think this. You'll look, at, you'll look at a building and you'll see the siding and you'll see the shingles and you'll see the pretty windows or you'll see this or that. And you'll think, oh, isn't that a pretty building? And, and that's true. But you need to realize that building is no good as pretty as it is if the foundation isn't solid. I remember when Pastor Hagen was building Rama Bible Church down there and he put millions and millions and millions of dollars was spent and you didn't even see, a, you didn't even see one, one thing as far as building. You just saw a big hole in the ground and a lot of cement. Why all those millions of dollars? Because you had to be sure the foundation was solid. Do you understand? Or the building won't, won't stand. I mean that building they built down there. Probably that whole building probably takes the whole size of this this entire lot that we have here of over three acres. That that building. They, can you imagine having a building that big? You better have you some foundation. Is that right? And you see, so many people, they overlook the foundation. They don't, they don't do the things that need to be done to get a good, strong foundation. And then so that they, they, they look like they're advancing in their life. They look like they're, they're moving forward in their life. But then a storm hits and it destroys them. Why? Because there wasn't a good foundation. I see this again and again in marriages. And I see marriages that, that crumble. We see it all the time. And when you go right back to it, it's because the, the couple didn't have a good foundation, you see. You have to have a good foundation in your marriage and then you can build on that. But I tell you what, if you, just, if you just get married because you have some kind of a physical attraction to somebody else, let me tell you, that's not a good foundation for a marriage. Just because you have a physical attraction for somebody, uh, that, that, that's not a foundation to build a marriage on. You know that physical attraction, take it from me, it, it, it's fleeting. I tell you what, there was a certain girl that I saw, I can say this today because my wife, she's not feeling so well, but she'll be fine. Say amen. Amen. But but I walked up to an ice cream store one day and I saw this girl at the ice cream store. And And I thought she was the girl for me. Now I've told my wife this, so, you know, But you know what, and, 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 and boy, I'd have married her, and, and thank God she didn't want to have anything to do with me. Now why, I don't know. I actually asked her on a date, and she looked at me and said, you can go to hell. And I said, don't believe I will, I've made other arrangements. Well, she didn't have to say that, she could have just said, no, thank you, you all aren't going to laugh at anything. You thought it was funny. Brad thought it was funny. You better laugh at my jokes, or I'm gonna have the Hulk over here (laughs) whip up on you. You hear me? But I won that girl, man. I thought, man, I won her. (laughs) Well, I tell you, see, I look back at it now. And I would have been, I would have been, oh, I'd have been divorced. It would have been horrible. It would have been miserable. She didn't love God. She had no 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 desire for the things of God. You'd think I'd know better. The Lord protected me on that one. You know, people get married too quick, don't they? You ought, to, you, ought to, you ought to go out with somebody for a while and really get to know them. You can't know somebody unless you've been out with them at least two years. It takes at least that long, in my opinion. But there's too many people they and I've I've dealt with it again and again. Oh, we're just in love. We're just in love. But you know, it's not really, it's not. There's more to love than physical attraction. Why am I off on this? I guess somebody needs to hear it. But you better be sure that before you get married, you know that person, and you better be real sure that they're your best friend. And you better be real sure that you know how they run finances and how you run finances, and that you agree on finances. And you better be sure that they're not in debt, and you better be sure that they're not wanted by the law. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to laugh at my own joke. <laughs> I didn't have any of this in my notes, but it's all right. But I mean, you know, because you've got to be sure that foundation is strong. Did you hear me? And there's people that, I mean, they'll, they'll, they'll run into somebody or they'll run into an old friend from high school. and they go, Oh my, you know, just, well, let's get married. No, you've got to have, say Foundation. So, you, you, you know, you, you get that good foundation. You, get, you build that foundation. And then you get married. And you see, tomorrow is Valentine's Day, right? And there's too many people that get married on that Eros love, that sexual type thing. That sexual type thing. You know, you better have a whole lot more than sex going on to make a good marriage. Because I'm telling you, if all you got is sex, you got nothing. Boy, why am I? why am I saying this? Maybe somebody needs to hear it. Maybe somebody listening on the CD needs to hear it. I mean, you, you understand God gave sex to the man and the woman as husband and wife as a wedding present. You understand that? But there's too many people get married because they're looking for sex. And I'm telling you that if, if all you got is sex, you got nothing because that's that's that as wonderful as that is, that cannot hold a marriage together that cannot make that cannot that cannot make it strong. Did you hear me that's just an added benefit. Did you hear me before before I've got my eyes closed because I don't want anybody to think I'm looking at them, but I'm just flowing out of my spirit, but you know before we started the ministry, I thought that I'd be counseling people in marital problems and I thought their main problem that, they, that would be causing divorces would be sexual problems. You know that I've never had one, and I've had hundreds of them in my office, I've never had one person sit down and, and head to the divorce court because there were sexual problems. You know what the problems have been? They're not communicating. There's not enough money or there's enough money, but it's mismanaged and mainly communication. You know how you build a good marriage? You build a good marriage by communicating and communicating regularly and often. Can you say amen? Amen. That's one of the first things you need to look at as a crack in your foundation. I'm just flowing out of my spirit. If there's a crack in the foundation of your marriage, here's where you look. Are you still spending time talking with your spouse? Uh, People have said this to me all the time. They say, you know what? Uh, before we got married, we'd stay up till 1, 2, 3 o'clock in the morning talking, just, talk, just enjoying one another. Now that we've been married several years, I mean, the lights are out, 10 o'clock, and we hardly even kiss each other goodnight. Dear friends, that's a sign that there's a crack where? In the foundation. So get to, get to communicating again, get to talking again, get to spending time with your sweetheart again and get that found you know, if a foundation's weak in a marriage, I've watched this, it, it can become strong again, but it's not going to just happen by accident. You got to put work into your marriage and, and you got to work regularly, daily at having a good marriage. Now, Pastor Diane and I, and she's the girl for me, I'm telling you what, God handpicked her for me and gave her to me, and I'm just so blessed. But I'm telling you what, uh, we, we, we have to work at having a good, strong marriage. People think that we just have a good, strong marriage by accident or just happens naturally. No, say, strong, say hard, work. hard work. Yeah, and she invests in me and I invest in her. Bless God. And it's, it's stayed strong over the years. Amen. So we must have a strong foundation and we must build our lives upon uh, the Word of God. And and we need a strong foundation in every area. And and we need a strong foundation in our marriages. I don't know, the Lord has me off on that. Strong foundation in marriages. All right? And it can be strong. It can stay strong. And if it's weak, it can be strong again. But you're going to have to work at it. Fellas, if it's weak, if the foundation has gotten weak, just send her some flowers. You know flowers goes a long way with women. I said it does. It goes a long way. Now in my my thinking, why would you want to buy flowers? They're just going to wilt in about a few days. I, but listen, women love flowers. Now it's you know on Valentine's Day they jack those babies up about three times the cost. But 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 send them some flowers, you know. Just ladies, you know, what can you do for your husband? Just text him and tell him you love him. Text him and tell him that you think you think he's he he looks like the Hulk. No, you better be careful on that. But text him and tell him that he's a hunk. H u n k. Did I say Hulk or hunk? Do something nice for your husband. Text it. I mean, you hear what I'm saying? I like it when my wife sends me a thing on the on the on the on the, on the phone. It says, "Honey, I love you." It just goes a long way. And I'll send her something back. Say, "You're a princess," you know. And and whatever you do, guys, don't miss tomorrow. Tomorrow's Valentine's Day. Be sure you give them something nice. Give them some perfume. Give them some flower. Give them something. And ladies, maybe you could bake him a cake. I mean, a way to a man's heart is through his what? Through his stomach. Well, there you go. Bake him a cake. Do something not... Can you say amen? amen? I didn't have any of this in my notes. Is it all right if we flow just a little bit? Isaiah twenty-eight sixteen amplified. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, Behold, I am laying in Zion for a foundation a stone. A tested stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure what? Foundation. He who believes... So what did it tell us that God is? It tells us He's a foundation, He's a stone, He's a tested stone, He's a precious cornerstone, He's a sure foundation. I don't know about you, but that makes me feel very secure. It says, he who believes, trust in... This is the Amplified Bible, I'm sorry... Therefore, thus says the Lord God, Behold, I am laying in Zion a sure foundation, for a sure foundation, a stone, a tested stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. Boy, that uses that word foundation over and over, doesn't it? He who believes, trusts in, relies on, and hears to that stone will not be what? Ashamed or give way or hasten away in what? In what? In sudden panic. Amen. So what do we need to do? We need to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. We need to stand on His Word. He is a, he, he is a foundation. He's been t- How many of you know He's been tested? How many of you now? Now get with me now. Are you with me now? Are you out there? Are you with me? Do you know that the Lord's been tested? Do you know that He's come through every single time? Did you know that other people have tested Him besides you and He's come through for them? Won't He come through for you? Yes, He will. Have people gone with Him, gone to Him with all kinds of problems, and has He solved their problems for them? Yes, He has. He's been tested, and, and, and I tell you what, we can go with our tests and trials and run to that stone, and He'll come through for us too. Can you say amen? Why? He's a sure foundation. He's a tested stone. He's been tested and proven to be successful. He's a precious cornerstone. He's a sure foundation. He, you know, there's no question marks about the foundation of the Lord. He's a sure foundation. Say, sure foundation. sure foundation. Glory to God. And then it talks about the person that believes in Him will not be ashamed will not give way or hasten away in sudden panic. So you see, if you're troubled by panic attacks, or you're tr- does anybody ever have a panic attack beside me once in a while? And you think, oh my God, what are we going to do? Has anybody ever, ever said, well, oh my God, what are we going to do? Oh my God, has anybody ever said that besides me? Are you out there today? And, 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 but you know what? If we believe in the Lord, guess what? We would not have to hasten away in what? In sudden panic. Glory to God. Now look at 1 Corinthians 3.11. 1 Corinthians 3.11 says this. I'm almost done. I've lost about 35, 30 pounds. Let's don't lie here, about 30 pounds. So I'm having trouble keeping my suits on. It's good to not be fat. Amen? He, he don't catch very well, so I'll throw it over there. No, I'm teasing. He almost fumbled my coat last week, but he didn't. Now he's a good, he's a good fella. What does this say? Now he catches pretty good. Let's see. Let's give him another test. I just feel rambunctious today. I don't know. I don't even know what I'm doing. There you go. Look at that. Get it. Praise God. He caught it. No other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is who? Jesus, Jesus Christ. Say Jesus is the foundation. Jesus. Amen. We could go on and on. Look at First Corinthians 1 9. Let's go there. Are you getting anything out of this? Are you okay? Is it alright if the Lord gets me off like He got me off on marriages there? That doesn't bother you if we get off on a little side journey, does it? No. God is faithful. Notice, what is 1 Corinthians 1.9? God is what? Faithful. What does faithful mean? Always doing what you're supposed to be doing when you're supposed to be doing it with a good and right attitude. What does this scripture tell us about God? He's always doing what he's supposed to be doing, when he's supposed to be doing it, with a good and right attitude. Now, I don't know about you, but I like serving somebody like that. Do you know most people aren't that way? I said, did you know most people aren't that way? Do you know how I know that? Because the Bible says a faithful man is hard to find. Somebody asked me one time, they say, what characteristic would you like in people that attend your church? Two things, faithfulness and loyalty. Faithfulness and loyalty. People that attend here, I would like them to be faithful and loyal. What do I mean by faithful? Always doing, help me out, what they're supposed to be doing, when they're supposed to be doing it with a good and a right attitude and then you know what loyal is? That they're going to stick with you through thick and thin. That's the kind of friend I want. That's the kind of people that I want coming here. People who are faithful and people who are loyal. One thing I can say about myself, when you got me as a friend, you got me. You know, in all these years, I've never left a soul. I've had hundreds of them walk away from me, but I've never left one person. I never have. You know why I'm like that? Because I've spent a lot of time with God. And you know what? God doesn't leave people. People leave God, but he doesn't leave people. Did you get what I just said? God, say God is faithful. faithful. I don't know about you, but just knowing that he's faithful, it, it, it brings a stability and a security to me. Just knowing that he's that way but what if I'm not faithful to Him? Has anybody ever been unfaithful to the Lord besides me? Well, I've got good news for you. Look at 2 Timothy 2.13. really speaks so much about what I'm trying to get across to you here today. 2 Timothy 2.13. Watch this. Look at this. 2 Timothy 2.13. Notice what it says. If we are what? Faithless. He remains faithful. Now, doesn't that tell you a lot about God? How many, uh, you, know, you know, where if somebody's not faithful to you, well, I'm not going to be faithful back to them. They were mean to me, so I'm going to be mean to them. They spit on me, I'm going to spit on them. They kicked me, I'm going to kick them. You know, God's not that way. If you're faithless, if you've not been faithful to Him, what's He going to do? He's going to remain faithful to you. Now, I don't know about you, but that really brings comfort to me. God is faithful. He's always going to be doing what He's supposed to be doing, when He's supposed to be doing it. He's always going to have a good and right attitude. And even if we're not, He's going to be that way. Now, I don't know about you, but I want to serve somebody like that. And then we'll conclude in Psalms 139 verse 7 that this God that we've been talking about that does not change, who is a rock, who is a foundation, who is faithful... I want to show you that He is also there. He's there. Praise God, He's there. Look at Psalms 139 verse 7. The psalmist says, Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me, your right hand shall hold me. Real loud say, God is there. there. And you need to understand that wherever you go, there he is. You can't outrun God. Did you know I mentioned a moment ago about Jonah? But you know Jonah couldn't, couldn't get away from the presence of God even in the belly of the fish at the bottom of the sea. God was there. And the psalmist said if you go to the highest heights or the lowest depths, God is going to be there. No, and, and I'm just saying this to you to try to bring comfort to you, to try to bring stability to your life, to try to bring a sense of security to you that no matter where you go, no matter what you're doing, even if you're somewhere right now and you've been faithless to God that God is there and He's going to be faithful to you. Can you say amen? amen? Stand with me if you would. Praise God. Did you get anything out of this today?